0: Welcome to the Relentless Grace podcast. This church has left the building. Your host is Pastor Paula Mamel. Welcome to Relentless Grace, a podcast for people who are seeking an authentic, unbridled faith connection with Jesus that is relevant in the 21st century. Whether you have been bruised by organized religion and walked away, or are still engaged but looking for a way to deepen your spiritual journey. Relentless Grace is a podcast to connect with your spirit. Each week, I try to make connections between the timeless Word of God and the reality of our everyday lives through reflections on the Word and ways to implement your faith in your daily life. This show is seeking to provide a re-communion of seekers, doubters, stayers, and leavers with the power of the Holy Spirit outside the walls of a congregation. This church has left the building. This week on Relentless Grace, we conclude our series on the Shepherd Psalm with a passage, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our focus will be on what it means to dwell in the Lord's house, not just waiting until we die, but living it out as people of God each and every day, recognizing and experiencing the presence of the Lord. As I said, this is our last week on the Shepherd's Psalm, and beginning next week, we will start a series on the Lord's Prayer. We will look at each part of the Lord's Prayer to use it to help empower our own prayer life, as well as understanding how it's not just a prayer, but a way of life. I hope you have enjoyed this series on the Shepherd's Psalm, and I hope you will join me for the series
1: on the Lord's Prayer. Psalm 27, verses 1 through 5, the New Revised Standard Version. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, My heart shall not fear, though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord, and this I seek, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent, and he will set me high on a rock. Here ends the reading. 2 Corinthians 4.16-5.7 The New Revised Standard Version So, we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For our slight momentary affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to be further clothed with our heavenly dwelling, for surely, when we have been clothed in it, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan under our burden because we wish not to be unclothed, but to be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. The one who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a down payment. So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Here ends the reading. John 14, verses 1 through 3, the New Revised Standard Version. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Here ends the reading. And I
0: will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We finally come to the end of the Shepherd psalm. And I think it's these last words that are one of the reasons that this is such a popular psalm. As someone who has done well over 400 funerals in my life, I will tell you that I have probably read this psalm at 98 to 99 percent of the funerals standing at the graveside. And the reason that I do is because it is incredibly comforting. When you are dealing with death, when you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you hear these words that goodness and mercy will follow you and that you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It becomes words of comfort, words of hope in the face of death. But what do these words actually mean? Does it mean more than just holding on until the end, until heaven comes and we are surrounded by a time of grace and beauty? Or do we have to wait that long to dwell in the house of the Lord? Is this not just a psalm that is hope for those who have died? but also hope for us as we live. I believe it is. I believe the reason that this is such a popular psalm is because it provides hope for us, not just at the end of our life, but every single day. Because we don't have to wait until we die to truly dwell in the house of the Lord. And I think it's helpful to be aware of that. Because sometimes Christians can be so focused on heaven that they are of no earthly good. When they're going through struggles or difficulties or someone else is, they can say, oh, well, wait until you are in heaven, or we can get through this all because in the end we're going to be with God, and sometimes we can ignore problems in the world. I've actually heard Christians who have said they're not concerned about global warming because in the end, we're all going to be with God. As a matter of fact, there was a Secretary of the Interior, James Watt, who told Congress that protecting natural resources was unimportant in light of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. In public testimony, he said, After the last tree is felled, Christ will come back. Well, that's really, really unhelpful. And we are called to be stewards of the land, and we are called to dwell in the house of the Lord. Watt was not alone in that belief, and it wasn't just something that's happened recently. In fact, there was a satirical song from 1911 that aptly expressed that we can be so focused on heaven that we forget about living in the here and now. It said, Long-haired preachers come out every night, try to tell you what's wrong and what's right. But when asked, how about something to eat? They will answer in voices so sweet. You will eat by and by in that glorious land above. Work and pray, live on hay. You'll get pie in the sky when you die. That's not what it means to dwell in the house of the Lord to wait until we get to heaven to have the buffet table. We are invited to dwell in the house of the Lord now, to be part of God's presence now. What does it mean to dwell? Well, it means that we are no longer guests, that we are part of the family, dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. What does it mean to live in the house of the Lord? In the Old Testament, the phrase is meant quite literally. When Moses led the people in the wilderness, they gathered around Mount Sinai. When Moses descended from the Ten Commandments, they were placed in the ark, which was housed in a tent, and that was known as the house of the Lord. And when they built the temple, that was called the dwelling place of the Lord. You might remember that if you're a fan of Raiders of the Lost Ark. When they open it at the end—sorry, spoiler alert, but it's it's been 40 years— But the people who open it have their faces fall off because they are seeing the presence of God. But what happens when there's no temple? The first temple was destroyed and the Judeans went into exile. And later, when they returned, they rebuilt the temple. That's why Jesus was so distraught when they turned his father's house into a marketplace and why he angered so many when he talked about the destruction of the temple. The house of the Lord, though, in the New Testament and the Old Testament, also becomes a place to talk about the people of God. Jesus makes that shift about talking about eternal life as the house of the Lord, telling his disciples after his resurrection that he would go and prepare a place for them in his father's house. And Paul, Paul picks up on the idea giving hope to those who see the flimsy earthly tent of their body giving way to the heavenly eternal Lord. But in all of these places, whether we're talking about the temple, or we're talking about Jesus, or we're talking about our bodies being a temple of the Holy Spirit, they all come to the heart of the very same thing. To dwell in the house of the Lord means to be in God's presence. Means to dwell in the presence of God. And that doesn't just mean heaven. That doesn't just mean when we die. If our answer to every trouble in the world is it'll be better in heaven, or if our own focus is on getting there and knowing that there'll be a peaceful perfect place. Then we've forgotten Christ's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Christ's prayer that earth would become more and more like heaven. It's not that we cease to know that there is a place of peace. Instead, knowing that we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever and we don't have to wait, gives us the freedom to live abundantly in the world around us. And so this text becomes a prayer that has us opening our eyes to recognize those places where the kingdom of heaven is already alive in the world so that we can join in. When we do this, we take the biblical phrase, dwelling in the house of the Lord, with all of the abundant meanings, whether it is the place where God dwells or us as the people of God, and it pulls them all together. The house of the Lord is the temple. It's God's presence. God at work, right here, right now. The house of the Lord is the promise of eternal life. But it is also God's presence with us, a gift that sets us free to love and to serve. And the house of the Lord is the people of God. It's God's presence, God at work within us and through us. We are the house of the Lord. And when we are at our best, when we are living our lives as people of God, we are the connective tissue between that which is heavenly minded and that which is of earthly good. When we are the body of Christ, the Word made flesh, living in the world, loving this world, and working for the healing of the world, we are living out and dwelling in the house of the Lord. And that is the gift of God. The gift that allows us to be vessels of God's divine healing, to dwell in God's house here and now, and to know that there is hope for the world to come. That's one of the reasons I started this podcast. For people who may not feel connected to the church because of a variety of reasons, whether it doesn't feed you, or whether you have been abused or bruised by it. For people who may know that there's more to life than meets the eye, but you want to avoid the trappings and follies of institutionalized faith. Or, You may be listening to this because you're looking for deepened spirituality. But the word religious literally means that we are called to become connective tissue. Ria liglio, from the same root as ligament. True religion, whether it's in the building or not, is what holds faithful living together. We don't use the scripture to convince us of how right we are. We read them because they reveal the truest character of God in Christ Jesus. Our purpose to be those who reflect that character of love and mercy and grace to the world around us. It is what connects us to one another. Whether we're in the building or not, it's how we live out our faith. And that is the reason, as people of faith, that we care about others that we try to live our faith out, that we seek to be a connecting point. This psalm ends with the phrase, I will dwell in the house forever because it is an invitation to be part of God's family. And that is what we have been invited to do when we care for others. Whether it is a place Or an experience, or how we live our lives, that connection draws us together. Even as this podcast is reaching people in various places, we are connected because of the invitation of God to dwell with God, to be in God's presence, and then to live that out as we care for other people. Our purpose is to reflect the character of Christ, knowing that as we walk with Christ and as we work to bring in Christ's kingdom, Christ will be with us and that we have hope for eternity. We do, but we also are engaged in the world around us. And it's that call to be religious, to be connected to other people. That is why we care about people who have no home. That's why we comfort those who mourn. That is why it matters to us what is happening in places like Ukraine and South Sudan and Palestine and in our community, the people around us. When we do that, we are dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. It's not pie in the sky when we die, but it's sharing the pie until we go to the sky. And then we know when we die, we will be there forever. It's not about being so focused on heaven that we're of no earthly good. And it's not about just waiting until then. It's about dwelling there now and knowing that God abides with us. Amen.
2: I was there. Your morning cry, I'll be there when you are old. I rejoice the day you were baptized to see your life unfold. I was there when you were but a child with a fate to suit you well. In a blaze of light, you wandered on find where demons dwell. When you heard the wonder of the word, I was there to cheer you on. You were raised to praise the living Lord to whom you now belong. If you find someone to share your time, And you join your hearts as one I'll be there to make your verses rhyme From dusk till rising sun In the middle ages of your life Not too old, no longer young I'll be there to guide you through the night Complete what I've begun when the evening gently closes in and you shut your weary eyes. I'll be there as I have always been. Just one more surprise. I was there to hear your morning cry. I'll be there when you are old. I rejoice the day you were baptized. See your life unfold.
0: For this, the last community connection for this series on the Shepherd's Psalm, I'd like you to reflect on how you dwell in the house of the Lord, how you sense and experience God's presence around you, and how you live that out in your life. There are a variety of ways you could do this. Part of it could be taking time each morning for reflection or prayer. In the past, I've recommended the app Pray As You Go, which is how I begin each day. Just listening to the Word and Scripture and song and reflecting. Feeling the presence of God, which then helps me get up and face the day. It helps me see and connect God to my life. By beginning my day with that and ending my day with prayer, I basically sandwich between all that I interact in awareness of God's presence, like it talks about in the scripture that we should pray without ceasing. That's one way we can dwell in the presence of the Lord. Another is to reflect on ways that you are connective tissue. What are you doing in your life to connect people with the presence of God? Now, this doesn't mean you have to be part of a church or a church community, but you need to be part of some community where you are sharing your faith in a way that connects people with the presence of God. Churches can be very damaging places for people. They can also be very empowering places. This is not saying one or the other. I know people who have been wounded deeply, faced moral injury because of experiences in the church. And I know people who deeply love and are fed by their church community. Both are good. But wherever you are, finding ways to make those connections with God and the Spirit allows you to live out your faith in a meaningful, tangible way. And finding ways to feed your spirit. Looking at ways that we can provide our own connection with others, we can figure out how we can dwell in the house of the Lord as the presence of God and how we can dwell in the house of the Lord as part of the community of God. Another way to reflect on this is to take a look at the whole psalm, to read it again, and to see how God has been moving through your life in each of the parts. Maybe a final part for this section on the Shepherd Psalm is to really take some time to look at each aspect of this psalm, each piece of this psalm, and then think, Where is God present in that for me, and how can I share God's presence with others? How can I live peaceably with God as part of the family, and how can I share that peace with others? Whatever it means, when the Lord is our shepherd, it transforms us, it changes us. We are different than the world because we have one who is guiding us, walking with us, journeying with us, and who is present with us, providing us goodness and mercy. And when we are able to focus on that and take the time to see God's presence when the oppression of the world is around you, when the struggles and the pain of the world surround you, you can know that you are not alone, that the Lord is your shepherd and God is present with you. And knowing that can help us get through the most difficult times. That's the other reason this is used at gravesides. It's a place of hope and life in a time when you are facing death. A reminder that this is not it, but that God is here. Whatever it is that you do, this week take some time to dwell with God and to share your place in the family with others by connecting them with the goodness and mercy of our Lord. Thank you for joining me for this last session on The Shepherd's Psalm. I hope you've enjoyed this series. And if you have and are subscribing on Apple Podcasts, please fill out a review. It's one of the ways that I can get the word out about this podcast. Thank you to those who helped with this show today. Dan McKnight, the announcer. Kim Olsted, who read the scriptures. Cammie Wenberg, who again provided her wonderful gift of music. And Ruth Skinner, who provides the closing song. I'm grateful for the support for this podcast and hope that you will join us for the next series on the lord's prayer and that you will share this podcast with others if you appreciate it finally my gratitude for those of you who have helped with the financial support of the show if you wish to do so yourself you may do so using the patreon link with the show notes venmoing me at pvmemel or as someone recently did contacting me for my address and sending a check. It always feels a little odd to do this. It's way outside my comfort zone, but I'm also aware of the time and energy put into this podcast, as well as the additional costs. So the support of this as a ministry and a ministry outreach is deeply, deeply appreciated. I send you out with a blessing. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song and all of the trees of the field shall clap their hands. May you know that joy as you dwell in the house of the Lord forever, not needing to wait until you die, but finding it when you follow the Lord who is your good shepherd and who promises you joy when you walk with him all of the days of your life.
2: You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap, will clap their hands. And all the the trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands as you go out with joy.